the ground now I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger me, don't you wait too long, wait too long Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me It's me, Billy Darcy, what an absolute treat Feel the hype, spread the hype As always if you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it have a look at yourself. Have a look at yourself because you are the problem. Uh, but guys, what a what a moment, what an episode. Thanks for being here with me. Um, I've got sort of 45 friends and family in the room for this one. Bit of a studio audience, if you will. Uh, but episode number 50, guys. I can't believe it. Thanking you. Thanking you. I'm raising the bat. Got a Kahuna 1000 here. Regards to Ricky. Job half done, lads. Job half done. Hey, I'll see you at tea. Thanking you. Thanking all. Episode 50. What a time. Just want to reflect briefly. I mean, you know, what a journey. The word journey. Let's talk about it for sure. Peaks, valleys. You know, there's been a lot of different stuff happening on this podcast. I mean, we had we had the, all the times I've forgotten to plug something when I really needed to. All the times I plug stuff way too much and it uh, lost its effectiveness. Uh, we've had my sort of general disdain for old people throughout. Pensioners, you've copped it deservedly. Drive better, switch on. But uh, we've also had, what else have we had? We had the dark times. There was that two-week period I was sober and kind of really stretching it for content because I didn't have any yarns up my belt. I was talking about stuff that happened to my friend in like 2007. Like I wasn't even in the story. So that was a bit of a grim couple of weeks, the sober soldier episodes, but we we put we pushed through those and uh i think we were better for it i don't know to be honest but you know so much so much stuff's gone down i mean we had uh we had the festival episode where i had seven beers under the belt had some good feedback on that one so not sure how that's happened uh then we had what else we have we had um we've had all the great segments you know we've had strikeout city you know i featured in that pretty pretty heavily but then, you know, there's been weeks where we haven't heard from Strikeout City. And that's me quietly letting you know that, you know, love was on my side that week. Uh, but we've also had Pelican of the Week. Again, I featured heavily in that. Is, uh, and that's that's a humble one to give yourself, Pelican of the Week. That's me putting my hand up and saying, I wasn't good enough this week. Uh, I've been a Pelican. I've been dumb. And uh, spoiler alert, I actually win Pelican of the Week again in this milestone episode. So... You know, I don't know who's writing these scripts, God, but nice bit of symmetry there. Episode 50, Billy comes in with Pelican of the Week. Uh, but yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of fun. We've had, I wrote a couple of things down. We had the Airbnb Billy. As we all know, you can stay at my house whenever you want. You get eight hours sleep. I tuck you in. 9 a.m. checkout, no breakfast. That's my policy. That's my policy. Uh, but yeah, so, I've, you know, it's, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, uh, Oh yeah, there was that weird couple of episodes where I couldn't stop talking about uh, Ted Bundy and lopping people's heads off. I got really into Ted Bundy for a couple of weeks there, and looking back, was it a bit much? It was. White guy talking into a camera by himself, talking about lopping heads off? Pfft, call someone. Call someone. Because that's that's how it starts, you know? You'd be seeing a clip from my podcast on the Channel 9 News. Yeah, local man Darcy drove down Pitt Street Mall in a van the other day. That's how it fucking starts, okay? So... Somebody should have pulled me up on that quicker. It was because Zac Efron played Ted. He's so goddamn charming, you know? I thought, well, it's very hard to say no. Very hard to say no. As I'm sure many women in LA can relate to. 
but what else? Oh, yep, yeah, we had the time I got off a jaywalking fine and thought I was Ned Kelly. You know, I, I was pretty much acting like I'd robbed a bank. I got off a jaywalking fine. I want to reiterate that. That that story, was it overdramatic? It was, it was. Do I regret it? I don't. Uh, but then probably even more dramatic was the time I got a haircut and turned it into a seven-minute inspirational story. So, again, I wish I had regrets. I really do. I wish I had regrets, but, you know, all you can be is yourself. You know, you go to get a haircut, I see a screenplay in that, okay? So, yeah, we've had a lot of fun. A couple more memories just while we're here. This is just very self-indulgent. But, you know, episode 100, I'll be saying, me talking about myself in episode 50, do I regret it? I don't. Uh, Oh, yeah. We've also, shout out to my mum who's listened to every one of these episodes. Kind of given her a bit of a window into, you know, some of my behaviour, unfortunately. But I think it's brought us closer, to be honest. I really do. Um, A lot of the time, you know, I'll go around for dinner now. There's a lot of pull, like, sort of sort your life out. You have a degree, why don't you use it? This sort of, I mean, I'd call it banter, but it's not. It's hurtful. That's what it is, mum. It's hurtful. But, you know, I think uh, overall it's brought us closer. And uh, we've also had, we also had the life advice segments, which I completely forgot about. We had a few of those. And a few people took those seriously. So let's stop doing that, okay? Let's stop doing that. My life advice segments, I think we had success. I think we had, uh, what, what, I can't remember the other one. Uh, I don't. I can't remember the other one, but don't take it seriously, whatever you do. A few, few people messaged me being like, yeah, that life advice segment was uh, pretty full on, mate. I'm like, it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. It's a, it's one of many I told on the podcast. Jesus Christ. I'd love it if some guy, some guy in like Russia for some reason, like is just using this podcast as his like Bible for life. Would that be good? If you use this pod, if you lived your life by this podcast, Hmm. I'm doing pretty good. So take that as you will. But I think you have to, to live this way, you have to have a certain amount of delusion. Uh, and you have to have, yeah, I don't know. I'm living, uh, yeah, actually, maybe you should live by this podcast. I got a smile on my face. Dude, I've had, I've had a lot of fun the last few months. This has been great. And uh, the podcast is good, actually, as well, to sort of, you know, when you have a great time, you think, you, then you retell it and you think, you know what? That was a sick time. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. So, okay, well, maybe we should all be using this podcast as our personal Bibles. Be a lot less full-time employees in the workforce if that was the case. Three days a week, no weekends. Against my religion, I have a letter from the government. I can't come in on Saturdays. How many times must I say it? But we got this new thing. So I moved the podcast. Oh, yeah. And that's that's all the things I want to talk about for the first 50 episodes. But there's a few highlights. Uh, there's a lot of clips on the YouTube channel as well if you want to live uh, some of the highlights back. Uh, but, yeah, so I've moved the podcast now. One of the one of the things now, for lighting purposes, I have... It's in my bedroom now, full disclosure. Uh, but I have the window open for lighting because, you know got to keep it light and uh now my neighbors can just walk past and see me just talking to a camera uh by myself how does that make me feel not good not good at all uh they've got young kids and even the young like eight-year-olds are looking at me like like dude just just get a just get a hr job you know i think one of their seven-year-olds literally told me to get a hr job the other day i was like no i'm chasing my dreams they were like grow up so we got some 
pretty switched on toddlers over there, just quietly. I don't know what freaking private school they're going to, but it's... Yeah, they're single-minded. And to be honest, I respect it. Um, but yeah. But I've been having a good time. I've been a little rattled lately, guys. I'll be candid. As we all know, I'm watching McLeod's Daughters. Fantastic Australian drama. I mean, they say it's a drama, but I laugh along the way. I do. And uh, basically, if you haven't watched McLeod's Daughters, this is all you need to know. The main character is Claire McLeod. Okay? Pretty simple. She runs the farm. Um, she is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, she's a farm girl. She, you know, she, she dives in head first and she wears her heart on her sleeve. Sometimes that gets into trouble, but that's our Claire. That's how she does it. That's how she's always done it. And anyway, uh, look, I will spoil the program because it, it, it finished in 2007. So if you're still halfway through season two, you need to, you need to speed up a bit, to be honest. I don't know what sort of streaming service you're using, but it's not efficient enough. So basically, Claire's fucking dead, okay? She drove a cliff, well, accidentally drove a cliff, uh, a ute off a cliff. I'm getting muddled up just talking about it because it affects me so. Basically, straight off a cliff in a ute, her baby and her sister in the ute, they got out just. Claire's leg was trapped. Ute goes down, fucking explodes on impact. Claire's dead. And it's a bit much, if I'm being honest. I mean, the show is called McLeod's Daughters. What about Jodie, who helps her out, you know? Nice blonde girl. You could have shot her in the head with three shotguns for all I cared. Wouldn't have interrupted my Tuesday. But Claire dying, like, come on. This is Bridge to Terabithia all over again. I've got to update, the, by the way, I've got to update the list of film and TV I've cried in. I've cried in, like, the last three episodes of McLeod's Daughters. Because it's too much. You don't just gun down the main character. Claire McLeod. I, I, I would say that if their last name is the name of the program, they should be all safe from, you know, driving a freaking ute off a cliff. So, and you know what the worst part was? Because I watched this show as a kid. I remembered that Claire died, but I, I, I didn't know which episode or when. And then... Uh, I, I had a season season three, like the second last episode, and I just woke up one morning and I felt my bones. I thought, uh, I don't know, something's off. I looked outside. No, nah, something's very off. Came home from work that day, turned on McLeod's daughters, and yeah, like I said, I could feel it was coming. Anyway, Claire, Tess, and the baby get in the ute. They're going into town. Alex is proposing to Claire. So he's left the engagement ring on her bed while she goes into town. I go, nah, this is not good. This is not good. Anyway, a white horse comes on the farm, a white Brumby. And Tess says, in Chinese culture, white is the omen for death. And I go, nah, it's a fucking Tuesday. This is too much. Okay. This is too much for me right now. And you know what? I, I watched it. I they, they're in the ute. The horse flashes past. Claire loses control, then gets control back. And they're driving along. And do you know what? I'll say it. I'm a coward. I hit pause. I left the room. I couldn't deal with it. I didn't watch it for another four or five days. Because I knew she was about to drive off the cliff. And uh, anyway, so then finally Sunday morning, I'm so hungover. I go just, and I'm sitting there. All I want to do is watch TV and with a, with a cup of coffee and chill out. McLeod's is my go-to. I go, you just need to push through this 10 minutes. 
Anyway, yeah, she drives off the cliff. It's fucking horrific. It is fucking horrific. I don't even know how to describe it. As the Ute's halfway off the cliff, I had to pause it. I was like, this is too much. This is too much for me. Got through it. Thought I was through it. Next episode was the funeral. It was even worse because Claire's ghost featured heavily. And then at the end of the episode, oh my God. Claire, Claire like, uh, they're, they're at the funeral and her sister's giving the eulogy and uh, over behind the crowd from behind a tree, Claire pops out and she just tips her hat and walks off into the into the bush and disappears. And it's just like, you know, oh, too much. You can't just kill off a chick if her name is the show. Okay? Is there... Isn't this why there's like Screen Australia and these sort of sort of guidelines and this sort of business? Freaking traumatizing people out here. This is just like the time... Freaking hell, I'm, I'm throwing stuff around by accident because I'm fucking rattled. This is like the time I accidentally watched Marley and Me because I didn't know what it was about. It was in the comedy section on a plane. I've had freaking four beers uh, an hour into Marley and me. I'm going, oh God, I think this is taking a dark turn. This was pretty much worse than Marley and me, I would say. Jesus, it was too much. But I've just got through it now. I'm up to season four. Claire's dead. You know, the farm's trying to move on. I'm trying to move on, but it's tough, you know. But that's the thing about living on a farm, you know. Plenty to do, plenty to keep the mind busy. Dear God, so that's been stressing me out. But also, uh, yeah, so that's a little window into my mental state. But, you know, death is all around us, etc. Dear God. So, Pelican of the Week, this week. It's me, Billy Darcy. Unfortunately, I am, I took it out by some distance this week. Um, so... We did the Rift City shows Thursday and Saturday. Saturday uh, was pretty much one of the best shows of my life. It was so fun. Me and Pat absolutely killed it. And uh, it couldn't have gone better. Base, uh, sold out. There's like one ticket left. Sold out. It was sold out. I told mum it was sold out. And uh, the show was just so fun. It was great. We, we killed it individually. We killed it on stage together. So much fun. But Friday night, me and Pat went on a double date. Okay, there is a couple of uh, American girls we met earlier in the week, lovely girls, and uh, and so we go on this double date Friday night. Now, we're getting drinks with these girls. In my mind, drinks is basically like more or less kind of like a night out type situation. It's a Friday night. We're meeting them at like eight o'clock. I have a few beers at home uh, with the, with the lads. Roll in, going, how good's this? Uh, we're in the city. Let's let's have a great time. And uh, anyway, these American girls, they carry on a bit. They're lovely girls, but they carry on. So basically, it's not even that they carried on. It's just that they were being American. They were being very American on this date. Americans, I want to. I'm going to sidebar right now. Americans need to shape up. They think they're drinking, but they're not drinking. And it's 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 a it's a cultural difference. I'm not saying we're better than Americans at drinking, because you know, how many, how many freaking kids are about to get too drunk and jump off a balcony at school is this, this year on the Gold Coast, okay? I'm not saying we're better, okay? If anything, our drinking culture is violently toxic, but you've got to be in it to win it at the same time. So I don't know, same, same, but different. 
So, these American girls, and this is Americans in general, Americans carry on like they're getting hammered and they're the biggest drinkers of all time. Watch me shotgun this watered down cause light. Watch me do a, do a shot, you know. Let's do shots, let's do shots. But they, they don't actually keep drinking. And so these American girls rock up. They're like, let's do shots, let's do shots. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. We do a shot. They have one drink. And then after that, they're like, oh, we have an early morning tomorrow. We got to work at like nine o'clock. Me and Pat are like, oh, okay. You know, like, and it's just, it's just the carry on. They're like, oh, we've been drinking since 2 p.m. It's like, yeah, but you've been American drinking since 2 p.m. You know, what's that like half a glass of wine every two hours? Get your buzz on, get your buzz on. Whoa, I'm buzzing, dude. It's totally lit. Like the carry on is too much. And I want to tell a, I want to tell a story. This is American drinking in, in one interaction. Right, me and my mate Maka, we're in Thailand. This is a sidebar, different story. Sorry to go off on one. Um, we're in Thailand. We go out to dinner. We bring this American bloke from the hostel. He was by himself. So we bring him to the hostel, uh, out from the hostel to dinner, and we get we get three beers and you know some some beautiful Thai food. This guy's absolutely murdering these beers. Like I'm halfway through mine, and he's already finished his, and I'm like. And this guy's a bit older than us as well. I think we were maybe 19, 20, and uh, this guy's like 28. So I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, we're being taught a lesson here. This guy's an absolute animal. Now, next beer, same again. Next beer, same again. After that, beautiful feed. We've had three beers. We're in Thailand. Dude, how good's this? Then the waiter comes around. I say, mate, three more beers, please. Guy goes, no worries. The American guy, Paul, jumps up. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, man, I'm feeling a little buzzed over here. I might need to uh, have a couple of waters, I think. I'm sort of, I'm feeling a bit of a buzz on. We go, okay, mate. That was the last beer he had that night. You know? And then the next day, he's like, oh, man, so good having beers with you last night. It's like, we didn't have beers, mate. We had dinner, okay? We had dinner. We had beers. You had dinner. Sort it out, okay? So anytime Americans freaking smell a glass of wine, they're fucking, you know, they're all on Instagram. It's lit. It's lit. Just, just pull your heads in, America, okay? Because no one else on planet Earth even knows what the word buzzed means, okay? So sort, sort it out, you know? Let's do shots, let's do shots. You don't just do a shot and then go home at 8.45. So, absolute carry on. And this American bloke in this Thai dinner after this, this is very American of him. He goes to an ATM, <laughs> he puts his card in to withdraw some money, forgets to take his card out, the machine chews up his card. We go, oh, well, mate, no worries. I'm sure you've got backups. You know, we're in Southeast Asia. You wouldn't just bring one card. Of course, he only brought one card, which the ATM just chewed up. And, and now he had no way to access money and he was stranded in Southeast Asia. We had to piggyback this bloke for the next two weeks. So that's just Americans in general. Have two beers, freak out, and carry on like they're freaking... You know, Ned Kelly sinking a million or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, so these American girls are carrying on. They leave at like uh, 9.15, I would say. So 9.15, they leave. Uh, I've come all the way to the city. So they're like, we're going to head off. I'm like, nah, nah, like, come on, let's uh, let's have another drink somewhere else. Thank God for Pat Doherty. I was on this double date with him. He just goes, girls, have a great night. Me and Bill are going to have a, a night on the town. We'll see you another time. Outstanding from Pat. So they leave, and uh, so this is about 9.30. Unfortunately, by about 9... Uh, sorry. So this was 9.30, the girls leave. 10.15, I'd received a pretty sizable ban from the venue. Uh, 
Uh, so I'll fill in that 45-minute gap. <laughs> this is why I am Pelican of the Week. So these girls leave. I go, how good's this? Fire a few messages. Within like 10 minutes, we got like five of the lads there. Freddie McManus, all these blokes. Absolute momentum. Jugs of beer going everywhere. Everyone's vaping. I, Everyone's vaping now. I don't... Whatever. I don't even... It's fine. It's fine that people are vaping. But literally everyone's doing it at this table. And this has been happening for a few weeks now. Like, I'm like, holy shit, everyone's vaping. This isn't a niche thing anymore. But anyway, people are vaping it up. And uh, it's jugs of beer everywhere. And by this point, I've probably had a gentleman's 10 or 11. Now, that's fine. That's fine. But unfortunately... And I've got kind of like a... I'll describe my vibe as fuck the government. That's kind of the energy I'm bringing to the table. So basically like three glasses crash in unison. Like, like... I never heard anything like it. We're in the beer garden. Whole beer garden starts erupting. Everyone's like, yeah, taxi. Everyone's doing that shit. Anyway, I jump on the table, start swinging my jack around going, like everyone's losing it. Whole beer garden's erupted. Unfortunately, with my jacket, I catch... The whole beer garden has got those lights um, dangling from side to side the, and all the lights are connected. I swing my jacket. I knock the, the string of lights off. All the lights in the beer garden come crashing down everywhere. Like I've destroyed the whole beer garden in one, in one moment. And uh, basically, uh, in, one, in one instance, I've wrecked the whole, the whole beer garden and it was, it was not good. Now, I don't think any of the lights broke. But then I just I just sat back down and tried to act like nothing had happened. There's lights all over me, all over the beer garden, everywhere. And uh, then uh, it's so funny. So in this time, Pat has gone to get a round in. So then within about uh, a gentleman's 35 seconds, I'd say about four bounces and the licensee come to the table. They say, uh, was that you? I say, yes, it was. They say, you've got to go. And I say, that is absolutely fair enough. So this is where things got a little bit unfortunate. Oh yeah, so then next thing you know, I'm being escorted out by three bouncers. Pat walks past me with the jugs. He's like, what the, what the hell happened here, Bill? I go, uh, this, this one's my fault, Pat. This one's my fault. So then uh, I'm outside and the manager guy's like, they're like, we need your license. And I go, I don't have it. And they go, oh, didn't you show it on the way in? I go, I did not. No one ID'd me. Uh, I don't have my license. Because I'm thinking, they just want to get my details, send me some sort of a bill. Anyway, then uh, I said, all right, I'll be off, guys. And they start getting very aggressive. Uh, and yeah, it was... Un- I was very, uh, like, put my hand up. Uh, my bad, guys, you know. But I was just like, oh, well, win some, you lose some. I'll catch you guys later. And they were like, if you don't give us your license, uh, we'll be calling the police and uh, that you- you'll be under arrest. We can do this the hard way, the easy way. I go, I don't have my license, mate. They go, all right, I'm calling the police. I go, Jesus Christ, mate, calm down. It was an accident, okay? Not the lights broke. The guy, unfortunately, I insulted him at this point. And this is where I think it was, that this is the unfortunateness of what happened. Uh, I was like, oh, mate, you know, you got a top knot. I'm, I'm pretty much dressed better than you, let's be honest. Like, you're saying you've never done anything dumb before. Like, how about you chill out, you know? Come on, a haircut like that. You know what a mistake is, my friend. And uh, at this point, uh, yeah, he got, he got a lot angrier and that was my fault. I handled that poorly. I handled that poorly. And my hand's up. My hand's up. Earlier, I raised the bat. Now, I raised my hand. So, uh, I hand over my license. I'm like, all right, Jesus, don't call the police. Like, come on. Anyway, uh, then the licensee guy, he goes, he grabs my license, takes a photo. He heads it back to me. He goes, mate, you're a fucking idiot. 
if you didn't give me your license, I would have been powerless. We'll be sending you the bill for the lights. And I go, I go, oh, mate, you've just lied straight to my face. And he's like, yeah, mate, I did. And I go, ah, fair play, fair play. But it, but at this point, I'm like, this is, I've, I've lost, They've you know, whatever, they've got my details. But in my head, I'm thinking, dude, you can send me, you can send me several bills and uh, they will be forming kindling for my fire pit out the back. So enjoy getting even one cent out of Billy Michael Darcy. And that's my full name. And you can, uh, you can, I mean, he's got my full name. He's got my license. What he doesn't have, my money. And uh, what I no longer have, access to the venue, which is unfortunate. But um, he said, he said, uh, I think he said, come back in a, in a few weeks. He was like, come back in a few weeks when you fucking grow up. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I never go there anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so Pelican of the Week. Um, sometimes when you get Pelican of the Week, it's because you do something malicious. This time, it was just pure just stupidity on my part. It was just, I'm just fucking dumb. That was just a dumb thing to do. And afterwards, when I, when I was leaving, I was like, that was just so dumb. So, unfortunate. Stupid for me. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, whatever, is what it is, unfortunate, and at the end of the day, I didn't mean to knock the lights off, you know, I just was being a pelican, hence why I've received that weekly award, but yeah, yeah, oh well, what else we got, oh yeah, that's great, okay, Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, I want to talk about this. Firstly, reality TV is huge right now. A few of the group chats I'm in have just become like based on that reality show and it's killing me. One of my one of my favorite group chats with the lads, it's called Scrap Heap because we love to scrap. And also I've never been in a fight. But uh, now every night, it's just, it's a lot of the nights during the week, it's just become nothing but Survivor banter. And I don't watch Survivor. So... I don't, I don't know. We, I thought reality TV was done. Who's keeping this shit alive? You know, like it, it seems like every reality show that comes out now, I know someone personally who's on the show. Doesn't that just take away the allure? You know, it's, it's way less exciting when they're going, you know, it's time to go Brad and you freaking did year nine maths with the bloke. So I don't know. I thought re- reality TV was dead, but it turns out it's alive and uh, better than ever. The bachelor as well. People absolutely froth on The Bachelor. Like, people just want to... People just want to enjoy stuff, you know? That just goes to show. Like, everyone knows it's fake. I feel like in the early 2000s, people were like, you know, MasterChef, Biggest Loser. People were like, oh, I think it's fake, but we didn't really know, you know? Because the internet wasn't as big. You'd hear, like, a friend of a friend's uncle was, like, a cameraman or something. But you didn't really know. But now it's like, we all know... All the truth comes out on the internet. Everyone knows it's absolutely just the fakest bullshit of all time. And yet still people absolutely froth on it. Fair play to the producers. Fair play, because they're getting this stuff over the line. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was all dead. Survivor. I've never watched Survivor, but my brother is obsessed with it. He's watched every episode of, like, every Survivor episode ever. I think he's even, like, watched, like, freaking the Norwegian one and stuff. You know? This guy, this guy can say, um, I don't even know the line. Ah, oh, that would have been funny. This guy can say immunity idol in 12 different languages, my brother. I tell you, he absolutely loves it. Worth it. 
But yeah, it makes me makes me think who will what what reality show would I go on? Dude, I don't know if there's any you can go on as a comedian and still fucking keep it real, you know? Because you don't want to be known as the guy from that thing. You want to be known as Billy Darcy. That's that's me. That's my name. But I don't know. Is there a celebrity... Dude, I wish we had more like panel shows and game shows in Australia. I'd love to go on some of those. Have you been paying attention? Unreal. Unreal show. I'd love to go on that. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think the day the block dies is the day... I reckon the day they don't renew Scotty Cam's contract is the day the government just pulls out the commercial television plug. All the channels shut down. Dude, it's fucking... Yeah, I don't know. Like... I don't even know how to access commercial television anymore. If you told me, Billy, jump on nine, go for me, I'd be like, what are you even talking about right now? There's too many channels popping up. 10 Peach? 10 Peach? What? We're doing fruit now? Dude, the wildest thing, I'll tell you what, this is wild. I have a friend, my age, who still watches Neighbours every night. Dude, how good is that? There's nothing better than when you're like... there was that sweet spot when you were like maybe, I want to say maybe 9 to 14 was probably where it was for me, where you're just, i got to fix this. You're just so invested in Neighbours. Like, it's like every single night, you're just like, no. What, like, Ringo kissed a different girl and you're just like, rocked. You're just absolutely rocked. And then like, they're like, tomorrow night on Neighbours. And it's just like, dude, that was freaking... That was the narcotics of childhood when like they'd say like the next time on neighbors on a Friday because the Friday the Friday teaser was always a bit bit spicier so that they'd stay in your head over the weekend you know and you just see like they'd be like next time on neighbors you'd see like Paul Robinson get out of a car you haven't seen him in six months you're like oh fuck yeah what's going on here you can watch it with mum and dad oh what a show home and away no good no good fun fact I've been on Home and Away several times as a TV extra. Catch me walking through the restaurant. Catch me ordering some toast. Um, I actually was in a school formal scene and I think I was 22 at the time. Yeah, 22. Uh, yeah, uh, how old am I now? I'm 24. Maybe 21. 21, 22, but like the scene was like year 10 kids. Now that's... <laughs> dude, that's fucking embarrassing. Oh my God. I don't know why. Yeah, but that was... It was freaking it was that was embarrassing like there was genuine 16 year olds there i was like is this legal that i'm like working with them right now but that was fun actually i actually got paired up it was like a formal scene and we were like so all the guys and girls oh that's right all the guys and girls had to dance with each other and there was some of these girls were so hot it was unreal and uh the girl i got paired up with was like 17 and attractive extremely attractive and we ended up like texting and stuff after actually. I was like, fuck, is this going to be like a fairy tale we met on the set of Home and Away? Dude, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, no, that didn't go anywhere. But still, uh, but anyway, I was talking to this girl throughout the day and she was really cool. And it, But it became clear to me that her brother was um, like a pretty notorious Coke dealer because she was like, oh yeah, he, my brother, um, you know, he, he like has four houses, like two, in, one in Miami, one in LA, two here. And I'm like, oh, what does he do? And she goes, he runs a gym. And I go, just one gym? And she goes, yeah, just one gym. And I go, oh, okay. And then she goes, well, he used to uh, be a supervisor at the Ivy nightclub. 
Ivy's like this huge nightclub in Sydney, pretty much exclusively Lebanese men who love cocaine go there. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, how long was he doing that? And she's like, oh, you know, a fair while. He used to run the VIP areas. And I go, oh, okay. And he's got four houses. Yep. And he used to run the VIP areas at Ivy Nightclub. Yep. Okay. Your brother deals cocaine. And I'd say in fucking bricks, bricks of it. This guy would be throwing around that much cocaine. He'd probably put it in a sack and throw it over his shoulder on his way to work every night. So I don't know. She was like, yeah, my brother's an entrepreneur. He's a criminal. Okay. He's a fucking criminal. I didn't say that to her because I was, I was 21, a little bit more worldly, you know, she was uh, 17 and uh, I didn't mention that to her because it became clear that her and her brother were very close, but yeah, he was definitely a criminal and uh, yeah, but there was this fucking awesome bit on the home and away that day. Basically, if you ever want to do TV extras work, I highly recommend it. It's not that regular, like you can't make a living off it or whatever, but if you got, you know, if you don't really, uh, I was at uni at the time. And this is when I was, I was doing comedy. I was uni. I was between jobs. You know, I go, man, anyway, um, basically money's sick and you spend most of the day sitting around eating free food. Like I remember one day I worked, I think nine hours and I was in, I was used for 15 minutes out of the nine hours. And the rest of the time, like it's not boring. Cause you just meet everyone there and they're all pretty interesting. Cause they're all as fucking useless as you, you know, TV extras, they're not a successful bunch. If you're in the TV industry and you're in the you're a TV extra, you're you basically you're basically not in the industry. And if you're a TV extra, that means you don't have regular work elsewhere. Okay, so everyone's sort of a bit part people. A lot of I met a lot of screenwriters who wanted like the experience, and I'm like, they're like, oh, I like to write fantasy. I'm like, what what is walking up and down in a straight line in the home and away cafe going to teach you? You know, it's like oh, onset experience. I don't know. Some people just don't want to do the thing they want to do. You know, actors are the worst for this. They're like, oh, I've just got a new agent. You know, I've just, I'm just waiting for the right role. It's not pilot season. It's like, just fucking do something. Just act in something. Actors are the only people where they can not act for like three years and still look you in the eye and tell you, I'm an actor. Okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway. So they're doing this school formal thing and uh, basically they needed a kissing scene. Now they said, the, this is the other thing with TV extras work. If the director gives you a line or a special direction or yeah, you, you get a line out of nowhere, your money through the roof, okay? Like you can get, you can make like two grand for a day for saying like one line. I remember one guy was on a, he was telling me he was on a KFC ad and uh, and he had a, all he had to do was like bite a zinger and say delicious and he got like $3,500 and then if they run the ad again past its contract you get more money it's an absolute racket if you're lucky enough so they needed a kissing scene the director said we need two people to kiss and uh, there was this one girl who uh, was extremely weird she was like okay quite, quite an obese girl very unattractive but a beautiful soul, I will say that. Very outgoing, very enthusiastic. Seemed to have sort of a passion for the stage, if you will. Literally, he goes, who wants to be in a kissing scene? Like, he hasn't even sold it yet, the director. He goes, who wants to be in a kissing scene? Bang, this chick's arm is straight up. I've never seen, like, I don't know if she threw javelin at sort of a state level, but her shoulder rocketed up. Now, 
this is quite awkward at this point because now the ugliest chick in the room has thrown her hand up. She's locked in because no one else wants to do it. You know? I'm here to make free money, not get embarrassed. So now the ugliest chick in the room has put her hand up and said, I'm in for the kissing scene. So now it's up to the lads or all the blokes around the room. Someone's got to, you know, I mean, for a better term, take the bullet. You know, the dramatic bullet, as it were. You know, where all the world's a stage, whatever. And at this point, it's silence. And the director starts kind of selling it more and more. Like, it's only, we do max two takes. Uh, you'll get a lot more money. Um, you know, I, I'll go, you can, if you do this, I'll, you can go make out with that Pippa chick, whatever the hot chick's name is. You can go make out with one of the actual actresses if you like. I'll give you 50 bucks behind the back. Free buffet. like. And this went on for too long, to be honest, to spare this girl's feelings. But then one absolute vessel of a man, a young man, probably, I don't know, 17, 18, he put his hand up and he said, yeah, I'll do it. And I could see in his eyes he didn't want to, but that he was just doing it, you know, to sort of spare this girl's feelings and, and sort of, yeah, take the bullet. And what a guy. What a fucking guy, man. I'll tell you what, he's the hero of this podcast. This bloke who fucking took this four... Uh, I don't want to assign her a number that's discriminatory. I would never do that sort of thing. But she was a three. And uh, unfortunately, for this young man as well, it wasn't enough that he... Um, basically, you know, it's, it's supposed to be like a year 10 formal kiss. You know, just little... That gentleman's peck, you know. What are you doing after this? I'd love to walk you home. Meet your dad. Look him in the eye. Tell him what sort of man I am. Where's this going? Year 11's a big year. Are you in it with me or what? You know, that's what I thought the vibe was. This young girl, she's basically just thrown her tongue halfway down this bloke's esophagus, started freaking licking his stomach. And this guy's just holding on for dear life while he's getting absolutely molested by this uh, by this big woman. And, uh, you know, there was a sense of sacrifice in the room for sure. But, but that was a day where I just thought, fuck that dude, I'm not doing that shit. So, and also like I was 21 because I couldn't grow a beard, I, you know, sort of snuck into this age bracket, but I thought, I don't want, I don't want them catching me kissing a 16 year old on camera, you know, I don't, we don't know, is this footage being archived? I don't want to get me too 15 years from now, you know, so probably for the best, but that guy was an absolute soldier, I'll say that, but I want to talk about a couple more things, uh, wasn't supposed to talk about, oh yeah, okay, Firstly, fourth ashes test. We've retained the ashes. I'll raise the bat again. Thanking you. And this is, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube at this point, you're really missing out. That was, that was worth it. That was totally worth it. Once again, the Kahuna 1000, a fantastic cricket bat. So the fourth test, we've retained the ashes. I'm pumped. I'm raising the bat again. There it is. Oh, so good. So, we played well. To be honest, this whole... Uh, Steve Smith, it's out of hand at this point. Like, when he got 100, I went to bed. I was like, this guy's a freak. When I saw that he got a double 100, I thought, what is this guy, you know? What is this? This is some Clark Kent level shit at this point. Like, what is this guy freaking sprinkling stem cells on his wheat bix in the morning? You know, what, what sort of a lab did they cook this bloke up in, you know? Like, this is getting a bit much. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't know you could even be that good. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so absolutely love that from him. Manus, my God. What would our team be minus him? Am I right? Just came up with that. 
No regrets. But yeah, Marnus got runs again. I fucking love that guy. Jesus Christ, out of nowhere. Never would have thought it. Now, David Warner has got absolutely no runs this series. He got that 160. Uh, but I tell you what, precarious place to be for a man as hated as him, you know? Because even that guy, when he was in the prime of his life, most of Australia was still like, yeah, I don't, I don't like him. So now that he's out of form, I tell you what, the media is going to be harassing the shit of that about harassing the shit out of that bloke. But I tell you what, now that the series is all wrapped up, I'm backing him in for a coward's hundred in the dead rubber, and uh, and then he'll be, uh, you know, he'll be, you know, assured his spot again for the summer. But this this last test, mark my words, anyone whose spot is in jeopardy will do well in the dead rubber. Classic coward's behaviour. Watch Travis Head get 100. Watch Davey Warner get 100. Harris will get some runs, you know? Guarantee it. All the cowards will turn up in the fifth and ultimately meaningless test. Uh, so, but yeah, Timmy Payne finally got some runs as well. Thanking him. God, I love that guy. Dude, he is so aesthetic. It's unbelievable. I love watching him bat. Uh, but yeah, outstanding stuff. Now, for England, I will say Rory Burns has actually had an absolutely unbelievable series. When you look at it, the problem with him is he's so fucking tough to watch that no one cares. And it just goes to show, you know, likability and style over substance every day of the week. Okay. I'd much rather watch, you know, someone, someone attractive, like a, uh, I don't know, like not, not a butler, I wouldn't say, but you know, someone with a nice technique like Timmy Payne, I'd much rather watch him get a few runs than watch Burns get another, another 90 off a million balls. Like, dude, saw your back lift out, dude. And like... When he smiles, it's all uneven. I don't know. I swear, he's, it looks like he's wearing like his shoes on the wrong feet or something, you know? He's always punching everything. It's like, where's the style? Put a bit of West Indian into your follow-through. So whatever, dude. He's a great series, but I don't care. Um, yeah, the ball, uh, bowlers bowl well. Nathan Lyon, no wickets, no worries. He's a fucking hero, and he's had a great series up until now. Uh, but yeah, Stark bowled well. I don't love Stark, but whatever. We bowled fantastic throughout. Now, second innings, I mean, what? I love a good finish. And Marnus again. Can he be stopped? The answer's no. The answer's no. He cannot be stopped. I'm um, watching him turn one out of the rough to sort of get us over the line, get us that ninth wicket. Dude, that guy's fucking awesome, man. He's so good. And uh, I don't know what it is about English conditions. Maybe, is he albino? I want to throw a theory out there that Marnus Labashane is an albino whatever the correct pronunciation is, because it seems to me in a home Australian summer where the temperature rises sort of above that 30 degree mark, he's the worst batsman going around in test cricket. And then when he bowls, it's literally disgusting. Okay, nothing but fullies. And, uh, but then once that temperature sort of goes behind that 24, 23 cloud cover, I don't know, maybe not enough, I don't know what his pigment's like, but he seems to come alive, this kid. All of a sudden, he's whacking balls around. He's spitting them out of the rough. I think we need to maybe only play the home summer in stadiums with a roof. Or maybe just put the roof on when Marnus bats. Because I think the sun might fry his little albino brain or something, to be honest. I don't know. What's going on? But he seems to be a real cloud, a cloudy uh, a cloudy player. And uh, and yeah, and we retain the ashes. We got him. We got him. And pretty much, look, let's be honest. Australia retain the ashes. No, no, no. The bowlers featuring Steve Smith retain the ashes with a bit of help from Marnus. Most of our batsmen should hang their head in shame for Travis Head when he gets out, misses the ball by so much. It's unbelievable. Dude, the guy, are his pads like freaking 
linked to ISIS because they're getting blown off on a regular basis. It's like the freaking, they're sending drone strikes in for this guy's front pad. I've never seen a guy miss the ball by more straight in front of middle. So he needs to shape up, but I guarantee all the cowards will get runs in the last in the last series. But the bowlers have been fantastic. Steve Smith's the difference because I think he might, I think he might be a time traveler. I'll throw that out there. I think he might have come, maybe from he might be a Quidditch player from the year three thousand, and his hand eye is so advanced from chasing the golden snitch that Test cricket was easy from him. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with some sort of explanation for this this absolute freak of nature. But we retain the Ashes. And uh, best thing of all was Steve Smith wearing glasses in the huddle, making fun of that leech bloke. I don't know his first name because he's a fucking nobody. So thanking you, Steve Smith. He's got runs. He's got banter. Leech, you're a, you're an absolute fucking loser. You're a nobody. And uh, and how good's this? We've retained the Ashes. First time in 18 years, actually. Doesn't feel that long, but um, but yeah, we've blown a lot of overseas series. So thanking everyone. Now, I want to talk about maybe one last thing. 45 minutes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you know what, guys? <laughs> Fuck it, I'm out. Uh, it's because I used all that energy on the Ashes wrap, you know, so I don't want to, um, I don't want to finish on a low. But guess what, guys? Nothing to plug. Feels good. Feels good. No more solo shows for the rest of the year. I'll be gigging around town, but, uh, who gives a shit? When it's not your gig, like obviously you want to play in front of big crowds and stuff, but you don't have the stress, you know? I'll rock in anywhere, take the money and run. Whether it's in front of 10 or 100 people, I would prefer 100, but I don't have to be anxious about it either way. So nothing to plug. What an absolute treat. Get around the pod on all the formats. And uh, oh, also, oh fuck, I'm going to plug something. Oh God, I am scum. I just looked you in the eye and said I wasn't going to plug anything. I am the Ted Bundy of the podcast world. Charming, beautiful hair. Will steal your girl and then lop her head off. Okay. This is why we need to wrap the pot up. But I've got some stand-up clips coming out. There's one on YouTube already. You should go check them out. They're pretty funny. And uh, so next next year, all brand new shows. So if any of the clips I post, I won't be um, I won't be doing next year. So go check them out on YouTube and... Uh, They've, they've got captions for the, for the hearing impaired. So no excuses. Thank you. And uh, tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's stronger than me. Don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.